0: This is the EdTech Superheroes Podcast. Here's your host, Pete Delaney. Hello there, EdTech Superheroes. Pete Delaney here, and uh, it's been a while since we've done an episode on the podcast, so I wanted to put out a new episode, and as I was thinking about topics for this week, I I wanted to put something out there that would help all the teachers uh, get through the, the end of the academic year. Colleges and universities are just about wrapped up now, or wrapping up rapidly, and our um, K through 12 schools are are doing the same. One of the things that's important for teachers is to make sure that you break things up into smaller tasks for students. And so um, I'll I'll start this off with a story. I used to teach a class called Computer Programming and Repair, and when I took it over from the previous teacher, it was uh, it was quite dull. If I'm if I'm being honest, we were um, we were at a stage where our students were were typing code from books and then hitting run, and if it didn't work, then they would go back and look for typos, and that was about it. and And real coding just doesn't work that way. So I transformed the class so that it was part computer programming, where there was a little bit more creativity, and uh, some computer repair. And as part of that, we did something called independent projects, where students would have the opportunity to do something that they were really truly interested in. And at the time, this was things like uh, finding the accuracy of voice recognition or fingerprint scanners. you know, could they could they come up with a way to fool it? Uh, could students put their own computer together? What I noticed pretty quickly is that students were not used to that level of a project before in school. They were used to, teachers, laying it all out for them, giving them the rubric, here's how you're graded. And it worked a little bit different in my classroom. I had um, I had a couple of students that were really excited to not only build a computer, but to do something called overclock the processor, which means to, to basically give the processor more voltage than it was designed for and see what happens, see if you can get the performance uh, up safely and yet not burn out the processor. And I said, okay, give me a plan on how you're going to do that. And they looked at each other with just this complete <laughs> blank stare, looking at each other, saying, I have really no idea how the heck we're going to do that, Mr. D. And so I what, what we had to do was break the task down a little bit for them. And I said, okay, do your research, do your reading. Who else has done this before? Can you start by replicating their results? And then what do you want to do that's innovative or an extension of that? And and uh, you know here's your step-by-step checklist for building the computer and so on and so forth and at the end of the day they had this really nice project but I was surprised at how many students really needed my help at the high school level for taking a bigger project to breaking it up into uh, into multiple tasks and so I wanted to give you some ideas there as to how to do that for your students so here we go All right, easy way to break things up, number one. Um, if you're using Google Docs or Google Slides, you have a number of options here. One of the things that I always tell teachers to do in Google Docs is to give students colored tables, colored boxes um, to, to fill things out if they're looking for students to, to fill out something kind of like a worksheet. And the advantage of that is your directions on the worksheet now can say something like fill in all the yellow boxes. If you're not coloring your Google Docs, you really should be. Uh, Colors really help students differentiate what the teacher asked versus what the student needs to write. And it ensures that students don't accidentally miss anything. If you type out 10 questions in black and white text, it's very easy for a student to either delete one of those questions or just kind of skip over it and not answer it and while it's true that the ultimate responsibility lies within the student it is also our responsibility as teachers to really make it clear for students here's what we're looking for and how much we're looking for and so an easy way to do that in Google Docs is to insert a one-by-one table And then to fill in the shading so that it's bright yellow, maybe a sky blue, something that the students still have some easy contrast with, but something where the students can easily see if they've completed all of the questions or not. So if you're not yet using colored boxes on your Google Docs, I highly recommend that you give that a try. All right, next thing to do in you're breaking things up is to give instructions on every Google slide so if you have a a task for students and it's going to take let's say five or six different steps what you would do is put a task on each individual Google slide and then underneath that Google slide if you just simply want them to type in the text they can do it there if you want to paste in pictures into your Google slides you can paste them in Google Slides you can even insert a YouTube video so if you've pre-recorded maybe your screen your iPad your Chromebook using Screencastify or one of the other many tools that are out there you can take those videos and put it right into the Google Slides to provide students with a really nice six seven step to do list complete with pictures complete with videos all within Google Slides and if you're feeling really ambitious you can insert audio instructions as well that's still a little tricky I think for a lot of teachers Uh, because you have to record in a separate application. But instructions on Google Slides complete with individual pictures and videos should not be overlooked. It's an easy way to break things up. Another easy way to help students break things up is to provide them with a checklist. There's something very satisfying about a checklist, either physically, physically, checking the box, or physically taking a pen and scratching it out. And we don't necessarily have that in Google Drive or Google Docs if we're, if we're not printing these out. Most students could, particularly now when they're doing uh, virtual learning, remote learning. They have the option of printing out checklists. But this is not only for students, but for parents as well. Uh, a lot of times my daughter will come to me on an e-learning lesson and say, Dad, here's what we have to do. And at the end, I always ask her, are you sure we did everything? And we'll go back and check through the assignment uh, requirements one by one by one. And a checklist, anytime that she's given a checklist, it makes it so much simpler, so much easier to make sure that we've actually completed all the parts of the assignment that we were supposed to. Now, in Google Docs, if you're making a checklist, you can do uh, bullet points with hollow square uh, boxes and that's something where a student can either then uh, print it off and check it. You can also show students how to do the strike through capability. Personally, when I do a to do list and I'm I'm done with that particular task, I'll change the font so that it strikes through. That sense of accomplishment again—that you've done something—and so that's how checklists would work in Google Docs. Um, a lot of teachers that I work with really like doing checklists in Google Sheets for two reasons. Number one. You have more of a grid-based system there automatically. You can put uh, things to do in a list format in a particular column and just have students check it off as they go. And that's the second thing that teachers really like about Sheets is there's an actual checkbox. You can highlight cells in Google Sheets, go to Insert Checkboxes, and it will fill whatever cells you highlighted with an actual checkable box. Now, think about that. If you put together a blank checklist in Google Sheets as a template and you use Google Classroom to share that out and make a copy for each student, each student then gets their own personal checklist, which because of Classroom, you can go in at any time to the assignment and see how the kids are doing on their checklist. So that can be a weekly checklist. It can be a daily checklist. But I think checklists definitely help students to break things up. The final thing that I'll suggest to you as a way to break things up is to provide students with a fun activity. Every once in a while, at least, I think this is important. I think sometimes as teachers, we're so focused on the the teaching task that we forget that learning should be fun, too. Make sure you're using some kind of a self-guided check, maybe a self-guided scavenger hunt from Flippity. Maybe it's a quiz from Quizzes. Maybe it's um, something funny, some kind of cartoon to fill in the text to fill in the blank. But make sure that you give your students a way to express what they've learned in a way that's fun, a game, something that's light and fluffy, particularly as we get to the end of the academic year. So that's it for today, EdTech Superheroes. Uh, Remember to break things up for your students. Use subtasks, colored boxes, instructions on slides. Uh, checklists, and of course, games, light and fluffy activities to keep us getting through all the way to the end of the school year. Thanks so much for joining me this week. My name is Pete Delaney. I'll see you next time. Ed Tech Superheroes podcast was recorded by Pete Delaney. Introduction by Alex Forbes. Our interns are Tony Garza and Angela Herrera. Our intro song is from Mad Mix on Envato Market. Copyright 2020 Delaney Consulting Incorporated. All rights reserved.